Invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on Cyberate.it using the discount code PODCAST. In this episode of the Cyberate Podcast, we sit down with Latoya Staten from Connected Tech. Latoya uses the Cyberate platform to help employers and job seekers in filling the roles that are available. Latoya also works with middle and high school age students to help them gain experience in the IT and cyber field and showing them what roles are available and how they can attain them. This was a great conversation that I really enjoyed and happy to have someone on who is passionate about helping others achieve their goals and working with them to do just that. Welcome back, everybody, to the Cyberry Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Latoya Staten from Connected to Tech, uh, who works with people to help get them uh, filled into IT and cyber roles. Is that correct? Yes, yes. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and give me a little background on yourself, and then we'll go into how you uh, started working with Cyberry. All right, Latoya Staten should have probably been a software engineer. That's surely what my mother thought I should be. Um, so I've been sort of messing around with computers and coding and all that stuff since the early '80s. Okay, um, had uh, the old DOS. <laughs> the DOS, I would write a program, give it to my best friend, pull it out, and she would write over it. And then I decided that that's not what I wanted to do because I was more into people and and how they reacted. So Mm -hmm. I am a sociologist who loves technology. Technology influences and impacts people. And so I'm here connecting people to tech. Okay. And uh, how'd you get started with uh, Cyberry? How'd you find out about us? So Cyberry, I used to um, be a cyber program manager and uh, with the state of Maryland. And back then we had the Invest Maryland Challenge. And, and when Cyberry was in its infancy stage, mm-hmm. um, they participated in the program and someone working in the cyber industry, I was very intrigued about what they were doing because this was the first time that we seen really an organized way for people to gain cyber skills. Mm-hmm. Um, people were self-learning on YouTube and other sites, but not cyber, right? You were yeah. learning how to bake and all of this other stuff. And so I uh, really took interest into the company and just sort of been following what they've been doing for the past couple of years. Um, had the opportunity recently to... Uh, use the platform for a project that I'm managing. And so I went from being sort of watching the company to mm-hmm. an avid user and and managing other people as they also use the platform. Okay. Now, was that back in like 2017, something like that? Uh, 2015, 2016 is 20, when I okay. first became familiar with the company. And again, they were just getting started yeah. um, and did some work with uh, the group over the, over the years through various programs and the tech councils that I was involved in as well. Okay. And Cyber was kind of the first company that you saw that's trying to help bridge the gap a little bit. And kind of what you're saying is getting the skills training out to people. And I mean, that's what we focus on. Um, Specifically in the IT cyber industry, um, because, you know, you see a lot and you hear a lot of companies say that there's a skills gap and they need workers, but where do they go learn? Mm -hmm. And even as Cyberry was developing the online platform, you saw all of these other companies just come up with training But we have to meet people where they are. And that's what I love about the platform Mm -hmm. is, you know, it's it's impacting what we learn, how we learn and when we learn Mm -hmm. and the ability to do that from the privacy of your own home and and to have access to so much information Mm -hmm. and to be able to sort of map where you want your career to go based on that information is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, you don't have to, you know, go to a class or a course somewhere, which um, seemed to be a a pretty large um, 
like barrier for a lot of people. You know, they don't have the time to be able to go to, you know, a six week course or a 12 week course or something like that. So just being able to do it. Yeah. Like from your home or something, especially if you already have another job or something where right. you're, you know, you're just trying to better yourself. Right. Um, it does help out a lot. Um, so how'd you get started or how'd you start uh, connected to tech? Well, I was working for government and had the opportunity to really get into some future technology, some autonomous vehicle things um, that I did a little bit of work on. But I still had companies and, and different agencies wanting me to help with their cyber strategy, which for the companies meant connecting them to funding and people. Okay. Um I'm a sociologist. Mm-hmm. I moved towards the people yeah. side. <laughs> and, and so uh, got the opportunity to do some consulting work and was trying to come up with a name. Like, what do I, you know, what do I call myself? Yeah. Oh, connected to tech. That's yeah. I'm trying to connect people to tech. Yeah. And so that's where the name came from. So um, I love doing what I do. Mm-hmm. I love impacting lives, even if it's one person at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll work with everything from youth to career changers who, you know, one guy was a dental hygienist. He does a lot of cyber studying and, you know, he also uh, is getting his degree formally, but he's doing a career change into cyber and he's on the path to become a CISO. So it's, wow. it's great. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, with that, I mean, are you, it sounds like you're kind of dealing with a, a wide range of people and not just uh, newcomers or kind of veterans to the fields that kind of uh, a little bit of both. Uh, a little bit of both. And w- one tool that I really like to use is cyberseek.org. Okay. Um, Cyberseek really allows me to show people, so what skills do you have? What do you know? What do you like to do? Um, oh, you like to manage product, pr- projects. Well, project managers, here's the NIST NICE framework. Here's the knowledge, skills, and abilities. And by the way, here's the training on cyber that can help you become a better project manager. So it allows me to really have informative conversations with people mm-hmm. as to what their potential role um, could be or or what they're really doing that can translate into a cyber career. Um, so I use that quite a bit okay. to help people. And young or old, if you say that you like being in a call center or you like helping people, here's a help desk role and here's the training and, yeah. and here's how that plays into protecting our critical data and, and infrastructure. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a great way to do things. Um, what I love even more about Cybrary is I can have conversations with the team here and say, okay, here's the candidate that I'm working with. This person is very new to IT and cyber. What what curriculum do you have? And they show me the curriculum and I, and I look at it. I say, okay, well, this person also needs customer service skills. So I'm able to customize their experience and their training as I prepare them for a career, young or old. And so I, I'm able to meet everybody where they are. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, to be able to kind of have that uh, like face-to-face interaction with uh, our team to be able to kind of help you curate, you know, what you're doing with the people. So shout out to Kenny, because uh, I know Kenny has been helping you with that. So. Yes, love Kenny. Thanks, Kenny. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the people that you're working with, how do you get in contact with them? How are they contacting you? Are you going to events and shows and stuff and meeting them there or? So it's a combination. So the companies I've, uh, that I work and I do sometimes serve as an ad hoc recruiter for companies okay. um, because I do hear that they're looking for people to operate in their SOC mm-hmm. or I need to, I got a new contract and, you know, it's nine SOCs and three help desks or three customer support people. I need to find them. So I work with workforce development agencies, which 
is where a lot of untapped talent sits, right? Mm-hmm. So um, these are people who have some work experience, may have been laid off, or maybe life circumstances changed mm-hmm. and they had to, to be out of the workforce for a while. And they're interested in upskilling themselves or uh, maybe a certification or credential expired or, or maybe they worked in IT years ago and mm-hmm. need to, you know, to get back at it. You know, they typically you can find them networking, just figuring it out. Um, workforce development agencies tend to be a one stop shop. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work on a few projects that allow me to take um, not just people who um, receive Title One benefits or other benefits, but mm. actually those who are considered underemployed. So let's say you were a cyber analyst and you're making one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. You get laid off, but you still find a job and now you're making sixty thousand mm. dollars a year. You're considered underemployed oh, um, based on what you're earning potential was. Um, so really to help those people get regain the skills to get back to where they are. Um, maybe you were a stay-at-home mom and, you know, you can do call center work. You can do help desk work from home remotely. Yeah. What does that look like for you and, and how do you transit translate all the work that you've been doing as a stay-at-home mom into an IT career? So really helping them identify. Uh, so workforce development has been a great group to find those individuals. And, and I love to work with those individuals, but I really love to work with, with teen and out of school youth. And I'll, I'll go into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but you the workforce development, they can help pay for some of the training, mm. but a lot of times even those inside the agencies don't quite understand how to help someone into IT or cyber. So I found a niche for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm really working with those agencies to help bridge the gap um, for those type of skills. Um, interesting enough is uh, interesting enough. There's now um, a push to really get youth more involved. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at middle school, high school, and how do we prepare them for a job in cyber and IT yeah. if college is not their choice? Mm-hmm. So going into a career versus the uh, college pathway. And as a mother of, uh, I guess, one teenager now, my oldest son just turned 20, so he's no longer a teenager. You know, I, I often say you're already using technology. Mm-hmm. Get a job doing it, or this is how you apply it. Mm-hmm. Make a career. Yeah, you know, it, it use technology to allow you to do other things that yeah. you're passionate about. Um, but really, meeting the the kids where they are and helping them understand that you use. And I'll just use the example of most kids get a Google account to do their homework, to do their email. The school assigns it to them. Oh wow. Well, why not batch them along the way so they become a Google certified technician by the time you're junior in high school, the end of your junior year or the end of your senior year. So now you can have a much more meaningful internship and career opportunity. Um, Why not look at... uh, you know, the work that you do, um, you do, you're a graphic designer, graphic artist. Well, why not be a UX developer? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you take that front end, back end, and how do I learn to code? You're already playing video games. Why not make money playing video games? It's technology. Mm-hmm. Here's the command and controls behind the buttons that you push. Yeah. So it's, you know, I, I like to be able to go into, and I do a lot of uh, outreach to the high schools to do the career exploration as to here's how IT and now cyber applies to whether you want to go into medicine or fashion design or engineering, whatever it is. Yeah. Here's the IT on top of it. 
the technology on top of it. Yeah, it kind of connects to everything. I mean, it's interesting thing that you say that, you know, now they're giving out um, Gmail accounts and things for kids in school. Uh, didn't have that back when I was in school. Uh, probably didn't have that back when you were in school as well, I'm guessing. But yeah, I mean, you could start learning, you know, like by the end of high school, you could learn everything to be a G Suite admin, which is Absolutely. something that almost every company now has. And, you know, you would already have those skills, you know, why... I'm wondering when is going to be the time that they start implementing those things in middle school and high schools, um, you know, more on the cyber and IT side of things. Um, you know, why is there not a, like an IT class that you can take or something like that? In so there are the um, CTE classes, continuing technology or computer technology education classes mm -hmm. in, the, in high school, but they accept what, 50 kids a year? Yeah. So I have to be randomly selected to get into a CTE program, yeah. but I use technology every day. Mm -hmm. Don't quite make sense to me. Um, so why not offer what I like to call the pre-apprenticeships mm -hmm. or high school fellowships? So a lot of high school seniors are done by 10, 11 o'clock a.m. You take your math, your English, you either go to the community college or you go to work. Mm -hmm. um, so with the pre-apprenticeship work, but I don't like the word apprenticeship, so controversial, not we'll call them fellowships here. <laughs> but with that, so your first, why not spend your first semester in school learning all your soft skills, how to show up on time for work, because we still need to sort of reinforce those things and giving you that baseline technology education if I'm going to start Help Desk 101. Mm -hmm. Help Desk 101, um, everything that you need, What I don't care if you choose CompTIA or IDLE, whatever it is, we'll teach you Help Desk 101 mm -hmm. so that your second semester, now you're on the job, right? So you go to school for two hours and you're becoming a viable IT worker. Yeah. You're helping nonprofits or seniors or, mm -hmm. or whomever handle and resolve their IT issues. Yeah. Okay. So now we have a career pathway from there. You go on to, if you're going to be on the networking side or the software development side, you can sort of pick your career pathway from there, mm -hmm. but we need to show them that everything they do every day, whether it's the, the setting up their cell phones. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's provisioning that needs to happen with mobile device management for large companies. Yep. That's somebody's job to yep. set up a cell phone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, whether or not it's, you know, how do I hook up a printer? That's a help desk job. Yep. You're already doing it. You know, young person, it's a viable career option. Don't think it's not for you. And yeah. so I'm really focused on that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's things that now a days with, uh, I mean, children now are, are using computers, you know, when they're two, three, four, I mean, things that they understand and know how to do by six, seven, eight years old is something that took someone else a long time to learn and get used to. It's just something they've kind of grown up with. And they're like, oh yeah, I understand how to do this. It's very easy. And, you know, it kind of perplexes some people, you know, who don't understand how to do that. And it's like, yeah, you can make this a career. You can use these skills that you're learning and kind of form it into something that you're really passionate about. Mm -hmm. Well, I also think that we need to bring additional awareness about cyber and mm -hmm. cyber hygiene. Um, I'm one that has two networks at home because early on my, my sons had a PlayStation that was hacked and it just caused chaos in my household. Yep. So now I have sort of two, two separate networks mm -hmm. that we're on. But I went to a Capture the Flag event in Michigan and I saw an eight or nine year old girl lock picking. What? <laughs> Yeah, this is how we're teaching them cyber because we're teaching lockpicking and, mm -hmm. and how to 
get into a network. So it's fundamentally, I give you a lock, let you fiddle with it. I'll show you how to do it, yeah. play around with it. It's something you can touch and hold and do. Yep. Now let's translate that into computer. So I think just different hands-on exercises like that is very important Yeah. Um, to get kids more f- exposed and aware of what proper cyber hygiene is. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm also one who never remembers her passwords mm-hmm. and my son talks about me, but I'm like, Hey, I'm cyber secure because I reset yeah. my passwords all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and then as a, um, when they were maybe 12, 13, I, I was able to take a cybersecurity for leaders course mm-hmm. and learn how to hack their passwords. Right. Oh. Um, and it was just something that I took because I, w- I had become interested in the field at that time. And so I went home and said, I got on the computer and I typed in things and I followed the instructions on my book. And I said, now I know your password. Yeah, I can break into your password. And they were they became intrigued as to how I do that, how I was able to do that. But that doesn't mean that they changed the passwords yeah. on, on their video games and all of that thing, mm-hmm. all of those things, the way in which they should. But I at least created awareness. Yeah. Right. And so we have to continue to um, make our kids and our parents and our grandparents um, aware of the importance of just simple things like changing your passwords and not writing them down and, you know, just basic stuff. So, yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting uh, parental skill to have is to be able to hack your children's password and make them understand, like, you know, if I can do it, somebody else can. I'm being most likely pretty nice about this, but somebody else isn't going to be. And as you get older and you have more and more accounts and more and more important things that you're, you know, that need to be protected, it's something that you need to keep in mind. Yeah. And I I even remember getting my kids, I think a uh, prepaid PayPal card so Mm -hmm. that when they paid for video games and things online, they were only to use that card because I knew they weren't changing passwords. And so if it was breached, you're not getting access to anything else Mm -hmm. but the prepaid card. And so there's a lot of tools um, that teenagers and parents can use to even protect themselves and protect their finances Mm -hmm. as our kids start working. So yeah, take care of their finances as well. Very interesting. So um, with the the kind of more teenagers and high school kids that you're saying that you work with and stuff, when you're helping them kind of look for roles or what they might be interested in, do you kind of gear towards like help desk type roles or just kind of depending it's student to student or person to person, you know, what they might be interested or what, you know, their skills might entail? Um, it's, it's basically what they're interested in first. You have to be passionate about whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, I think help desk makes employers comfortable. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily about the kids. Sometimes it's about where the business comfort, uh, where their comfort level lies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's if I can tell a nonprofit, you know, hey, the 17 year old is go- going to come and connect all your printers and make sure that the computers are up to date and the software are up to date. It's, it's like, you know, me being a 13 year old and connecting up the VCR. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so to kids, it's, it's a little different. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, it's, it's a comfort level, I think, mm-hmm. on the part of the businesses a lot more. Um, and it's not just with kids, though. If you look at some of the job descriptions that come out for employers and you have to have five to seven years experience yeah. to work in an entry level sock and I'm going to pay you entry level wages, mm-hmm. then you need somebody with entry level skills. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How am I supposed to get this this role? Right. I was in school this whole time and now right. I need five years. So now you're kind of pushing me back on you know, when I can start in a starting level role. Right. Never really made right. any sense to me. And, and I know that that's a discussion that's sort of out there and it's being worked on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it's the same thing with trying to get more kids. And we know we have a pipeline problem. Um, We can develop the pipeline earlier, but that means you also have to adjust sort of your, it's not even tolerance, it's acceptance Mm -hmm. of someone who's been touching technology all their life and their ability to solve problems, create solutions, um, to be even an offensive or defensive cyber warrior because mm-hmm. they've been around and they've been working at it. Um, so th- the kids are good. Yeah. <laughs> it's the adults and the people with the jobs who need to, to just relax a little bit. Yeah. Um, and take a chance. At, you know, I saw the movie, I believe it was with uh, Robert De Niro about the intern. And yep. how that reverse intern and he had been a successful businessman and, you know, here's this young entrepreneur and, you know, that reverse internship and they learn from each other. I think we need more of that. Yeah, I think we need more of that. And and we'll really make progress in solving mm-hmm. the pipeline problem. Yeah. And I think what what's kind of nice is probably cyber and tech in general is more. Um, open to younger talent than I would say a lot of other fields are. Um, I, I've definitely met people that are in their teens that are way more advanced oh, than I absolutely. could ever hope to be. And it's like, yeah, why can't you do this kind of high level position? You you know how to do all of these things. Right. You know, uh, so it's nice to kind of be in an industry that is starting to kind of accept those a little bit more. So that takes me back to why I like cyber. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm coming on back. Woo. Bring it back. <laughs> so one of the things that I use most, even when working with the workforce development uh, candidates, is skills assessments. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the interview skills assessments, which allow me sort of to get a baseline as to where you are and then say, you may consider this type of role or that type of role, um, then assign sort of a learning pathway for them. And then I assess them in the middle. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. Is this harder than what we thought? Are you making progress? Do you enjoy it? Um, And I can be agile enough to divert from that learning plan if it's something that they're not into. Um, So I really love the assessments. I do a lot of pre, mid and post assessing of the candidates um, who are on the platform. And as I'm preparing them for jobs. So I really like that piece because Mm -hmm. I'm not assessing theory. I'm assessing hands-on skills. And I I learned that the hard way um, when I had a group of of candidates go through and they had done um, sort of a hacker boot camp or they, but they weren't really progressing in the program. So then they got a credential, one of the certifications, they went through a boot camp and I, decided to put them on um, CyberScore, which is on the cyber platform. It's one of the labs. They failed miserably. Hmm. This group of candidates could not operate in a Linux environment or a virtual environment. So you're applying for cyber jobs. Yes, you have the the, the credential that's on the job rec. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, you check that box. But when it comes time for the technical part of the interview or the hands-on activities, you fail miserably because you were focused on passing the test mm-hmm. and not developing the skill. Yep. So I love to be able to assess the skills. And more and more employers um, are making technical interviews part of the interviewing process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing um, worse than being in a technical interview and you kind of ask a question and the the person on paper looks, you know, oh, they have all of these, you know, certifications, they have all these things. And then you ask them a technical question and you can just see that there's not the comprehension there or they try to kind of fumble their way through it. And you understand pretty quickly, like, oh, you don't really 
get the full grasp of what you're trying to explain. Right. And so um, with some of the labs, what they show um, when I look at the reports that come out of it is that they tell me where the person uh, is weaker and where they're weak and where they're strong. Mm -hmm. So if you're really good at networking, but you're very weak at scripting, I know that as I'm assigning you training modules, we're going to focus on scripting because that's where you need the most improvement. Um, And if if I'm able to present that type of uh, report to the employers as they're doing the hiring, that also gets my person a more, um, I don't want to say open, but the, the the interview process it's it's more of a here is the whole person mm-hmm. you know you they they do the in person and they assess for you know can they are they articulate can do they understand what we're talking about do they understand who the company is okay they have the credentials they check the box oh but look their hands on skills reports say that they should or they do perform well mm-hmm. in a virtual environment. Oh, but look, they they still need additional support and malware analysis. Now I know what our team or or the internal mentor I set them up with should focus on is, yeah. is sort of that malware analysis. So it's it's a good tool to use. Um, and I work with. I'm calling out Kenny again. <laughs> I sort of tell Kenny, Kenny, I need to see more reports. Here's yeah. what I want my reports to say, and he's very responsive in helping mm-hmm. me put those together to make sure that I'm giving the candidates what they need, um, making sure I'm responsive to employers um, and to make sure that the grant funders, because some of the programs are by um, funded by various grants, okay. so that the grant funders are aware of how their money is being spent. Yeah. So it allows for transparency on all sides. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, kind of talking about how you use Cybrary and how you use it for um, kind of the different people that you're working with. Um, we'd spoken before about kind of two main people that you work with is job seekers and job lookers. Um, Seek, seekers and, and people uh, and people, I guess, looking for a candidate. Maybe. Yes. Yes. Um, so, I mean, for job seekers, I mean, uh, I know you have a Cyberry, one of our enterprise accounts um, so that you have multiple um, roles that you're able to give out to people so that they can kind of use our application and go through. I mean, can you just kind of tell me a little bit about that? So, like, if you're helping a job seeker that wants to get into the industry, kind of how are you walking them through the platform and what are you kind of highlighting for them? Um, so typically when I assess a candidate, we do look at their the core of their resume to see if they have any um, resume, uh, any uh, IT mm-hmm. interest. Yeah, it can be interest. Um, and I typically get them from various workforce development partners across the state. Um, so that's their first sort of uh, coming in. Then I have a conversation with them just to see how much they know, what type of job they're really looking for. Are they going into cyber because they heard it on the radio and saw it on TV and say, oh, I can make a whole lot of money. But is this something that they're really interested in? And and do they realize that if you're inside of a SOC, you may be looking at a screen or alerts for eight hours a day. And are you that type of person? Mm -hmm. So I just... uh, sort of get, garner their interest. Um, and then from there, I immediately have them watch a four-hour intro to IT and cyber module in Cybrary yep. because I know it's a there's parts of Cybrary that's free. There's mm-hmm. other parts that are paid. So if I'm going to share with you a paid seat, I have certain expectations mm-hmm. when it comes to learning. And so I have them sort of watch that module, um, which again gives them ideas as to what role they may want to consider. And then if they say, well, I've done networking or I've worked in a SOC and this is who I am, I immediately assess them on what they've tell me that they've done. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I assess them. You have a week 
week to get it done. I look at the reports and say, okay, Mr. Networker, you score 40%. Yeah. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Let's get on the same page (laughs) here about where your skills are. Yes. And so, um, you know, so I, I'm able to individualize their experience in Cyberary mm-hmm. and also um, really sort of taper their expectations as to um, the, the what an entry level job is, um, what the salary ranges are. And I, again, I'll go back to using CyberSeek as a tool that talks about some of the salaries, too, yeah. um, and sort of what their path, the career pathway. So you work as a SOC one for six months. And if you're good, OK, you move to SOC two, you move to SOC three, you do, you know, you go CEH, you're on mm-hmm. a red team. And so I I. I counsel them on what that career path looks like for them. So I really love the fact that cyber gives me the ability to do individual assignments, mm-hmm. um, individual assessments and individual uh, career pathway, but it's all part of a larger goal and that mm-hmm. is getting people to jobs. Absolutely. But I want to get them to the right job mm-hmm. where they're passionate and can see the path forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's always nice to hear that, you know, you're, taking the time to make sure that you're helping people um, and build their skills to what they might want to do instead of just like, oh, well, you should just be a pen tester. That's that's a well, good, high paying job. That's what you should want to do. Right. That's, you know, here's the career path. Just take these courses. You're good to go. So I'll go back to the uh, gentleman who was a dental hygienist mm-hmm. um, and he likes pen testing and had several offers to work in a sock and realize I don't want to work in a sock. Yeah. I, I that, like the sun. I, you know, I've, I've been a dental hygienist for the past 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. I do project management. I communicate. I read reports. I analyze. I want to be on a CISO path. But he had interviewed and it was offered several positions to be a SAC analyst. Yeah. Because they, you know, the, the recruiter said, oh, he's good. We know. But but he said, that is not who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit in a sock for 10 hour days. Yeah. Um, so that was a great uh, sort of example where we individualized his experience yeah. and, and sort of helped him do a complete career change and a path forward. Um, shout out to him, though. I, I won't say his name, but shout out to him for having the wherewithal to say, I, I do want to be a career changer. Mm-hmm. And I know that it is going to be a process yeah. and identifying what he's good at. Yeah, that's a hard thing to understand is that, you know, when you're being offered some something, you know, a role or something like that and having kind of the knowledge to be like, well, I, I know that this would be a good move, but it's not my move. It's right. not what I want to do. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, that is something that just kind of takes a little like maturity or just understanding on somebody's part to just be like, ah, uh, I, right. I could do this and I probably would do very well, but I, that's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to spend, you know, my time doing. And he and I had a long conversation about it. I mean, he had interviewed and was thinking about taking the positions and he hesitated. Um, and we sat down and like, well, you know, a managerial, that's what you've been doing. You have all of this managerial experience, mm-hmm. you know. Well, why not shoot for a higher role? And you have this master's yeah. degree. Why not shoot for a mid-level? Why are you going entry level? And, you know, so that that was exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, the other piece that I, I really like to work with and, and what I think that uh, I'm intrigued by is that you have industries such as the financial sector um, that have ebbs and flows in business and they may lay off people and mm-hmm. back operations and then say, and by the way, I need to hire 20 cyber analysts. 
well, wait a minute. You just laid 20 people off mm-hmm. who knows your industry. They know how banking happens. Why not upskill them mm-hmm. to work in your sack? Because they know what to expect on the other end. And so um, working with companies who are starting to have those aha moments yeah. and say, you know what? You're right. Uh, I didn't think about that. And, and that's um, also very exciting. And I think we'll see a lot more of that. Yeah. Why not repurpose some of your like employees you already have to another position, another role that, you know, might better suit, you know, the overall company needs or and something. And then you're retaining them, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, of, you're not letting all of that knowledge leave. Yeah. And letting somebody go and then having to retrain and rebring on right. onboard somebody, which yeah, is a whole lengthy process. Right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, going with and helping somebody get to a career or kind of a whole career path that you talked about. So, I mean, we provide career paths that we already create, um, in, on Cyberry, whether that's, uh, you know, a SOC 1 or a pen test or something like that. But it sounds like you're starting to create kind of your own career path, depending per person that you're going through and adding what courses you think they might need or assessments kind of based on their skills. So when I first uh, got the Cyberry Enterprise uh, account, what I asked Kenny to do is to dump all 52 work roles in there. Let me see them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see what you have. And, and so I went um, and I started with the employers first because mm-hmm. this grant is employer driven. Okay. And so I looked at sort of the positions they were hiring for, the skills that they say they need. Not all of them um, care about the credential as opposed to the skills. So I don't care if you have a certification, but can you do X? Mm -hmm. Um, So I would take the the job description and the tasks and the activities and and say, okay, um, you need someone who's had hands-on experience in those things. Even though you're calling them a NAC technician, you also want X, Y, and Z. You want Linux. You want a little Python because you do do some secure code development. You you know. Yep. Okay. So I would sort of take the curriculum and then take out everything that you guys put in that I don't want and then add in the customization. Um, and I'm able to assign bits and pieces. So if the, if the person who's going through the workforce development program is diverting from the training that they're assigned, mm-hmm. I just take my seat away yeah. because employers want you to be able to follow directions. Yep. I just take the seat away. So we're going to cut the paid side of it off. And when you're ready and you're ready to refocus, we'll cut that paid side back on and let's prepare you for what the employer says that he or she is looking for, Mm -hmm. not for what you think they need. Again, I have to get you to a job. Yeah. That's my goal is to help you find a job. And these are the employers that are hiring Mm -hmm. and here are the skills that they say they need. Not the ones that you think you need, but- Here's what the hiring, you know, partners say that they need. Yeah. Now, are you seeing um, any change at all in uh, employers noticing that maybe you don't have the certification, but you have the skills to do a position? Um, Yeah. So, so again, that goes back to employers. If they do more commercial work, not the DOD stuff, Mm -hmm. but if they're doing more commercial work, they're hired younger um, and without degrees. I still I still value a higher education, but also value lifelong education, Mm -hmm. lifelong learning. Um, But they're hiring people who may be out of high school or maybe out of the community college and they have tasks and work that has that needs to be done. So they need to get skilled people to do the work. Mm-hmm. And then they're offering tuition reimbursements for you to finish the degree. But oh, nice. the most important piece 
is finding someone who's able to perform the da- the task mm-hmm. and get the job done. And then we will help and do what we need to do to retain them. I mean, even if you look at what Walmart is doing now, right? Mm-hmm. So they have this uh, free online college. I think my son worked there for a month. He he just didn't want to be a Walmart greeter anymore. <laughs> I get but it. But <laughs> day one, it's, hey, you know, we realize you're in high school. And as you're progressing and finishing high school, we have this online free college. And it's for IT professionals. Professionals because oh, that's what we need. Interesting. And here's the the global online university that you're going to go, and here's the pathway. Um, but that's what we need. We want to retain you, and we want to keep you as part of our team yeah. by paying for these free degrees. And so you'll see more and more employers starting to do that, mm-hmm. uh, especially as technology really impacts how we buy, how we shop in the store. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see more self-checkout clerks who are really help desk people, right? Yep, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, you're sitting there. It's like, what's their the area tech, you're getting? Yeah, they're what's, technical yeah. support specialists. Yeah. Um, you see, you see a lot more of those. Um, you even, you're even seeing robots do inventory, mm-hmm. and when the robots shoot out data, it's you know, it's data analytics, and if you know the robots goes off base, you have to do some Linux programming and maybe a little bit of scripting to get it back online. So the the needs and the type of worker that even a grocery store Mm -hmm. or retailer needs is changing and it's all around technology. Um, And so we have to really look at how we prepare everyone for careers. Yeah. And, and, you know, how to individualize their experience as they're going down that career path and being agile enough to pivot. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do like the robustness of sort of the platform as well yeah. that can pivot. You know, I, I play around still. I still want to learn how to do a little bit of coding. because mm-hmm. I, You know, I want to be this thread of person who can sort of do it all. Right. Yeah. Just enough because I work with the companies and, and I need to be able to understand what their needs what are when I'm yeah. talking to them. Um so I still go online and I may take a, a few coding classes or, you know, I may say that, oh, I'm a scrum master, but I should really be safe, agile. You know, so I, yeah. I try to upskill myself all the time. Um, and so I try to to show the people that I work with the importance of individualized learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, with that, like individualized learning, I mean, no one of your students is probably going through the same kind of pathway or anything. I mean, what kind of feedback are you getting about, I mean, the courses that they're taking, uh, the assessments, stuff mm-hmm. like that. I mean, are they enjoying it or do they, are they finding it helpful? Hopefully. Um, so even with the using the platform, I have a mentoring night. So I may do a video chat call um, once a week or once every other week. And if they're on the platform and they're having sort of a trouble getting past uh, one topic, the ability to ask someone working in the industry Mm -hmm. about that particular module. Um, That's another conversation that I have with Kenny today is I want to see more of that from a cyber team Mm -hmm. or from the instructors. Um, So if I do have someone as part of my enterprise, so this is where I'm asking you guys to sort of up the enterprise. If I am uh, working with people around their learning and every other week for an hour, it's ask the instructor where we go live on a video chat and we sort of help them go through it. That has been very helpful in the past. And so I do a little bit of that and and we'll definitely be doing more of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know we have um, kind of our our Slack community where we have members in. Um, Do your students utilize that at all? I mean, do they find that helpful kind of meeting with like a mentor 
directly within Cybrary or? So they have not done as much as the Slack group because I, I belong to several Slack, Slack groups yeah. and the, the information can be overwhelming. Uh-huh. Um, but if I say that we're going to get on a Zoom call and it is from six to seven and be there yeah. and I'm taking attendance and a- ask oh. away, that's that's where I bring the structure back. Perfect. Because again, I have to get them through a job. Mm-hmm. The, the individual, the learning is individualized, but when it comes to the soft skills, the resume writing, and making sure that they reach out to the mentor, I add structure back into that. Um, there's also something in the value of networking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try to encourage them to participate in as, as many meetup groups as possible, as many capture the flags, um, meetup groups that have the same interests as them. And you know, to really be involved because you're going to get more learning that way. It's not just about what you get on the classroom and the platform, mm-hmm. but sort of the, the the groups that are just groups of people who are just like you and they're learning and they're participating. You have to par- be an active participant in the industry in order to continue to grow. Yeah, you do. I mean, I think um, cyber and IT is definitely a, uh, a main place where like networking definitely does different things. It's not just like, oh, well, now I know this person who works here. Maybe down the road they can help me. It's they're introducing you to like a meetup group or a, a, um, a con or something that you hadn't been to. Like like if you hadn't gone to Black Hat or like DEF CON or something like that before or like smaller, more local, localized ones. I mean, there's a ton around here in the Maryland area. And that's where um, recruiters hang out. I think that people forget about that. Yeah. A lot of times the recruiters like to be in jeans and t-shirts too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they yeah, like to go yeah, where the people, people with their skills are. And I can assess your hands on skills during the Capture the Flag event. Mm-hmm. I know how engaged you are in your participation on the team. Yeah. Even hackathons. You mm-hmm. know, the universities do a lot of hackathons and sometimes we need to solve a problem right away. Yeah. All right, let's get in there. Let me go to, at a hackathon. Let me see what problems or what products they, they're developing in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Who was on the team? Who did what? All right. I want to interview you. Let's talk. Yeah. A lot of that happens informally now. Yeah. Informally in the room. In the room. A lot of the times. In the room. You never know who's going to be in the room. So, you know, just get out there and be involved as, as uh, I think a comedian says, job is not going to knock on your door. You got to go get it. Mm hmm. Well, that was a great quote. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the comedian, but yeah. it's like, you know, who's knocking job? No. Yeah, okay. No. You have to go out there and get it yeah. and make sure that you're, you know, in the right place. And, and I have been, you know, able to really get some great opportunities by being in the room with great people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley just watching technology. I've read all of the formal reports. I attend a lot of events. Um, and that's how I learn more about cyber. Mm-hmm. That's how I, I was able to take the class to just learn, get a little bit of hands on and um, to learn about password hacking and protection and, and all of the cyber hygiene stuff by going places and just being in the room, mm-hmm. sometimes not saying anything. You know, and I have a rule about networking. It's my sort of my uh, tidbit that I give people is do a Z, right? When you go in a room, start in one corner of the room, go to the other side, then cut down the middle at a, at a diagonal and then, then go to the other end and you're in and out. You would have met more people doing that Z than staying somewhere all day <laughs> and yeah. trying Trying to meet everybody, you'd be you'd be surprised um, how many people are just like you, and they're learning. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I'm an introverted extrovert, so probably after this podcast, I will go to a corner and hide for a couple of hours. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, 
I'm enjoying it. I, I love meeting the people. I love being here in the studio um, and just constantly learning. And that's what I have to tell people. You got to constantly learn, improve yeah. yourself. You know, self-studying is OK. Some of the, mm-hmm. the the greatest musicians and technologists and, you know, they're all self-taught. OK, tinker a little bit, break it, fix it. Do, yeah. you know, do, do everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get some VMs, break them, like, yes. do, you know, try everything that you can. Uh, and I mean, going to those events, I mean, you're going to meet a bunch of people. You're going to meet people just like you. Mm-hmm. You might meet people that know way more than you, or you might know somebody who just started and could use your help. That's right. Um, and I mean, helping other people is a great way to learn yourself because of, you know, you might think that you know it front and back, you know, very easily. But then as you're trying to explain it to somebody, you're realizing like, oh, I'm kind of, I kind of gloss over these steps that I don't really think you need, right. but you know, you actually do need them kind of that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So there's, there's value in, in networking and being a part of capture the flag events and hackathons mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the, the, whether there's affinity groups, um, you know, you, there's many of the, um, uh, what are the spaces, the hacker spaces? Yep. Um, you know, the, the ones that I hear my folks talk about is unallocated spaces, which is up by the airport, um, okay. BWI. Um, some of the cyber ranges allow you to come in and participate. Mm-hmm. All of the community colleges in Maryland have cyber ranges. Um, that was part of a grant way back Um you know, just just get in there and play with it. Um, going to as many cons and B-sides and mm-hmm. all of that great stuff. That's what's going to get you the hands-on to supplement anything you can learn in theory. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it is a very hands-on industry. I mean, you have to know how to do things. You can't just think you know how to do it. You have to be able to actually perform and um, finish a lot of tasks. Um well, yeah. I mean, thank you very much for coming in and, and sitting down with me. Um, it's very interesting. It's, uh, it's great to hear that, uh, you know, Cyber is helping you out and helping um, kind of better some people and kind of getting them into the role and the space that they want to be in. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts or anything that you have? Um, remember, I am a sociologist who loves technology. <laughs> I, you know, as people, we are connected in t- to tech and everything that we do. Um why not learn how to break it and fix it and make money doing it and and become passionate about it? I mean, we can't live without our phones most of the time yep. when you should be able to know what's happening inside that phone if it's something that you can't live without. So um, get out there and do it. Learn it. Yeah, Keep I mean, going. Technology's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's not so going you know, anywhere. might as well jump in when you can. And have fun doing it at your own time, at your own pace. There's a role for everyone. Well, great. Thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it very much, Latoya. All right. Thank you. That's it. Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the Cyberry podcast and make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.